Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So what Jesus is saying is this, Therefore, since I told you you can't serve two masters, and you've decided to serve me as the only one, then don't worry about anything. In other words, if you've chosen to serve me, right choice. One of the benefits, you don't have to worry anymore. I'm going to take care of you. Now, what does worry mean? In this context, it simply means to be anxious, to be distracted, To have a divided mind. One of the easiest ways for us to be distracted from life's daily responsibilities is through anxiety. Even more so, our anxieties and worries can distract us from our walk with the Lord. From financial hardships, a wayward child, or even the opinions of others, we can lose focus rather quickly. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark addresses anxiety and worry from a scriptural viewpoint. In our study, we learn the importance of turning our focus and energy to the things of God rather than the things of this world. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark as he begins his message entitled, Keep the Main Thing the Main Thing. Tonight's teaching is keep the main thing the main thing. Someone sent me this caution sign. I want you to look at it closely. Big letters, caution. This sign has sharp edges. Do not touch the edges of this sign. And then in letters you can't hardly even read at the bottom, it says also, the bridge is out ahead. Some of you couldn't even read it from the back, could you? Now, you tell me, what's the main message of that, of that sign? Is it that it has sharp edges? You know, no, it isn't that it has sharp edges. It's that the bridge ahead is out of order. It's very easy in life for you and I to miss the main things. Well, that's what Jesus talks about tonight. In Matthew chapter 6, if you'll scoot on down to verse 25... Jesus has been teaching in the last half of this chapter, and he gives us three commands. Two of those we'll see tonight. Two weeks ago, he said, do store up treasure in heaven. Tonight, he says, don't worry about anything. And then he says, well, put God first. Really putting God first, making him primary in our life, allows us to keep those other two commandments. We begin in verse 25. The first word is, Therefore, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. 
Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? The word therefore, it refers back to the verse previous, which said you can't serve two masters. So what Jesus is saying is this, therefore, since I told you you can't serve two masters, and you've decided to serve me as the only one, then don't worry about anything. In other words, if you've chosen to serve me, right choice. One of the benefits, you don't have to worry anymore. I'm going to take care of you. Now, what does worry mean? In this context, it simply means to be anxious, to be distracted, to have a divided mind, to kind of be pulled in the two different directions. That's what worry is. It pulls us from today to tomorrow and sometimes takes us to yesterday. It's, a, it's just being anxious inside. You know what it is. How many of you uh, don't like heights? Let me see your hand. Good. Some of you don't have any problem. But I saw this artist rendering of a, a new thing that the Indians are building out west. And it's this glass skywalk, and it extends 70 feet. How many of you now are afraid of heights? (laughs) It extends 70 feet over the Grand Canyon. Now, when I looked at that, I kind of, you know how when you get over things, you kind of get things in your, I look at it, I kind of got things in my legs. Now, I know some of you are going to say tonight, well, Pastor Mark, I don't have any fear of heights at all. It doesn't bother me at all. Well, let me ask you. You're asked to be the first person to test it. (laughs) The little sign as you go out say it was made by the contractor who was given the lowest bid. (laughs) And he has a reputation of failure. Yeah, you'd be anxious just like I would be. I'm going to give you seven facts tonight. Number one. Fact number one, everyone worries. There isn't a person in this room that doesn't take anxious thoughts. I know some of you are going to say, well, Pastor Mark, I live in Brevard County. I don't have anything to worry about. Wrong. What if a storm like Katrina comes here? Any of you thought of that? What if the little one that's kind of off North Carolina decides to take more than just like a little turn to this way and comes back this way? What if tonight, you know, some of you are already, we're talking about this, some of you are already worrying right now that you worry too much. (laughs) Think about that, you'll get it. You name the kind of things we worry about, they range from A to Z. Fact number two, worry in the mind affects our bodies and our health. Proverbs 12.25 says, an anxious heart weighs a man down. So often we worry about things that obviously will never happen. Such a huge percentage of those that do. I saw a report recently, and of course they they vary all the time, but Something like 8 or, eight or 10% of the things that we worry about actually happen. And the other 90 don't. The 8 to 10% that do happen, we couldn't have done a thing about anyway. But they, we spend our time worrying about those issues. 
Now, what is the balance with that? Well, notice in this passage, just take a look back at verse 25. Jesus says, don't worry about your life. Jesus doesn't say this, don't take any thought. Don't even forget planning. You see, in this room, we have some people that are kind of like that. We have some people in this room that are, well, if I had to classify you, you're kind of a worry ward. You name it, you worry about it. Like the ketchup isn't going to come out of the bottle. I mean, just amazing stuff you worry about. Some of the rest of you are kind of nonchalant. You never worry about anything. By the way, you should be, but I mean, you should be thinking, you just have, whatever happens, say, la vie. Now, the problem is usually those of you that are worrywarts married somebody who could care less about anything. And that's why you have to be at the marriage retreat to get tuned up. Did you notice how I worked that in? Praise God. That's not in my notes, by the way. So Jesus says, he doesn't say don't think about life. No, we are to plan for life. We are to think about life. If you're here and you're single tonight, I won't ask you to stand, but sometimes I might do that and just look around the congregation. It might help. Oh, oh. But see, if you're single tonight, you're not supposed to be anxious about it, but you do plan, you do look, you go to the single thing, you whatever, and all of those kind of things. And so Jesus isn't saying tonight, don't plan for life, don't think about life. For sure you should do that. In fact, there is a place for true concern. What that word worry means is take no anxious thought. Number three, worry drains our energy. It dries up our joy. It puts life on hold. And it keeps us from living today. William Ward said it like this. Worry is faith in the negative, trust in the unpleasant, assurance of disaster, and belief in defeat. Worry is a magnet that attracts negative circumstances. Worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. Worry is like rocking in a rocking chair. Oh, it gives you something to do, but you never go anywhere with it. Over and over again, you're going to see tonight, Jesus just doesn't say it once. There's four times in our passage, Jesus says, do not worry. Don't have anxious thoughts. Since I started with fact number one that everyone worries, then this teaching is for you. It is certainly for me as well. Because we don't really obey God in all of these areas. Now, what happens is worriers live in the future instead of today. Most of the things we worry about have to do with tomorrow. So most of the things we're worrying about have to do with not today, but tomorrow. But all worry, this is very important, all worry is experienced today. I'm worried about something tomorrow, losing a job, daughter getting pregnant, son having to go in the Air Force, I'm getting near retirement, the company is 
Well, the, I'm, I'm not sure. The, the, I'm even going to have a pension now. So it's about tomorrow, but I, I'm worrying about it right now. When I worry about tomorrow, I don't have time to live today. And I can't live it effectively. And Jesus is going to say toward the end, well, that doesn't only affect my family time with my kids and my wife and the grandkids or whatever, but it affects me spiritually. If I'm always anxious and worrying about this and that and the other, then I really don't have time to continue to minister with the strength of God because my mind is on the things of this earth. So Jesus says to his disciples, hey, you don't need to worry. You don't need to worry about really anything. All the details of life, food and clothing, even the future. Well, I'm going to take care of. Let's look at those two verses again. Therefore I tell you, verse 25, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not, is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father, he feeds them. And then he asks this kind of rhetorical question. Are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus was an incredible teacher. When he would teach, I'm sure at that particular moment probably, some birds flew by. And he just went, hey, take a look. He was a great illustrator. He didn't have big screens. He didn't have PowerPoint. He didn't need it. But he had your attention because he used everyday circumstances. On the overhead, you have a, a beautiful picture because, thank God we don't have birds flying in here tonight. Here's a, a woodpecker. This woodpecker is dependent on God's design of the earth. He's there. God knows the birds need food. So by nature, God teaches this particular bird. Some birds eat fish and others worms and whatever. This bird, notice there's a blur in his head. Why is there a blur? Because his head's working. How many of you know when there's a woodpecker around your house? They're on the metal, aren't they? You wonder, what? And there's a, you know, Alzheimer bird up there? Whatever. No, there's ants on your house. That's all. He wakes you up in the morning. The reason there's a burr is because that's the way he bangs the ants to come out. And when they come out, goodbye. So who put that instinct into the woodpecker? God. So God says, well, I take care of the birds. You know, other birds that eat fish and whatever, you, you see them, they dive in our waters. If you've ever been out to San Francisco or whatever, it's really cool to go out there on the, on the docks where they have the sourdough bread. And those seagulls, they don't work too hard for food anymore. They know that all those tourists that are going to have those sandwiches and whatever, there's a fry, jump, phew, right there comes the fry. You know, they don't even go in the water anymore. They just stay on land all the time. Because... They found a different way to feed them. But God normally uses what? Nature. So you see this animal. And what Jesus says, notice with this animal, he says, uh, I'm feeding 
and taking care of this bird. Now, how does God feed us? Well, we go out and we bang our heads. And we work. That's how we feed ourselves. That's how we feed our families. The Bible says a man is to provide, a woman is to provide, but together we provide for our families. Let me ask you, what if a family can't be provided for? How does God feed them? Well, you have a perfect example. How many thousands of families tonight in the southern areas have no way to be fed? How does God feed them? Through you, through me, and through all kinds of loving people throughout the world. Good job. I already told you, you gave 50 grand. That went toward food, and there's water, and there's people. So you say, well, God doesn't take care of them. Well, yes, he does. He uses you, and he uses me, and it's a blessing to do it. Now, when you see this, can you imagine Woody Woodpecker? You know, he gets up in the morning and he's having some coffee with the missus and, in the, and he says to the Mrs. Woody Woodpecker, he says, I'm so worried there's not going to be any ants today. You know, have you ever seen a bird go through a yard with a wing like this? <laughs> if you do, go out and help the poor guy because, no, you don't see a bird with a wing up. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do today. There's no ants. There's no worms. It's a drought. I don't think I've ever seen a bird worry. God takes care of them. Notice he says he doesn't only take care of them, but he uses a contrast. He says, aren't you, as a human, more important than a bird? Now, a bird, in fact, God says he sees the sparrows fall. So they're not unimportant to him, but no bird, no animal was created in the image of God. No animal tonight has a soul. No animal has the promise of heaven. It won't happen. When an animal dies, they die. Certainly we're going to have animals in heaven, but not the same ones you have here. When they die, they die. So what Jesus is saying is, I take care of animals who have no chance of going to heaven. They weren't created to do that. Will I not certainly take care of the necessities of man who is created in my image and will be with me forever. Verse 27 gives us point number four. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Fact number four. This is a huge one. I've worked on it a little bit this week. You know, I worried over this sermon quite a bit at the... uh, So that what you and I worried about this week, well, it didn't solve anything, and it didn't accomplish anything. Now this this passage, it's easier understood in the NIV, but in the original language, it actually has, has a double meaning. It talks about, Jesus is really saying, well, if I worry, can I add extra days to my life? And what is the answer to that? Absolutely not. Well, the other issue is, if I worry, can I add inches to my height? Don't look at me like that. No, you can't. So, I mean, we're like stupid to worry, aren't we? It's impossible. So the answer, obviously, to both is no. Actually, worry, instead of lengthening life, 
It shortens it. Here's a, here's a name of somebody I'm sure you are aware of. Dr. Charles Mayo. He says this. He's the one that formed the Mayo Clinic. Worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, the whole nervous system profoundly affects the health. I've never known anyone who died of overwork, but I know many who died of worry. You can worry yourself to death, but you'll never worry yourself into long life. One day a husband and wife were sleeping and in the middle of the night, the wife awakened the husband and said, somebody is downstairs in the kitchen. So the husband got up, went down, and he found a man with a mask who indeed was in the kitchen stealing things from the home. The husband said, sir, are you a burglar? <laughs> Must have been asleep. <laughs> the man said, yes, I am. He said, would you do me a favor? I want you to come upstairs because I want to introduce you to my wife. She's been expecting you for 30 years. <laughs> well, it happened. Maybe your wife will wake you up just for a joke tonight at home. Look at verse 28. Why do you worry about clothes? By the way, this passage is for women. <laughs> well, a lot of them are gone, so I can say, call them my wife's here. I'll pay for that during the middle of the night myself. <laughs> and why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. Now, do you think there might have been some lilies around during the Sermon on the Mount? Yes. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, oh you, of little faith? Circle that part and we'll be back to a moment. Oh you of little faith. What Jesus says is, if he can make a flower that looks just absolutely incredible, and it, it doesn't even compare to Solomon. Now, for us, that's a hard comparison because most of us don't even understand the Solomon part or whatever. But Solomon was the richest man in all the world, the wisest man in all the world. And his, his clothes must have been absolutely incredible. Gold everywhere and just exquisite. Well, Jesus says, look at, look at this lily. It's way better. Why? Because when you see a flower, that's what you see. Each of us faces challenges in life that result in anxiety and worry. The Bible tells us that this is the exact opposite of what we're to do. In today's message, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of keeping our focus on things of heaven rather than the worries of this world. In our study, we learned that when we give our minds over to anxiety, we've divided our focus from serving the Lord. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5 and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Today we learned from Pastor Mark about the negative effects that anxiety and worry can have on our lives, both mentally and physically. In the next message, Pastor Mark will show us how our worrying is directly tied to a lack of faith. Rather than living a life of distraction and anxiety, we'll learn the importance of putting our faith and trust in the Father, who faithfully meets our everyday needs. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Palmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.